secret of the unlimited orders of complexity increasing with each morning's awakening. I offer my thanks before you, God of life, and living me once again with your grace has renewed me for me, has renewed for me today my soul and body for this continuing blessing of life. I offer my thanks. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So now we'll go to Elohai. Ami, do you want to lead Elohai? Sure. Ami, if there's anything you want to lead that, that we're not asking, just oh, sure. unmute and let us know. Okay. <laughs> So the second, the middle Hebrew paragraph, the words are Elohai neshama shenatatabi tahorahi. The soul you have given me is pure. She is pure. Feminine. Let's put this on here and we shall sing. Elohai neshama shenatata bitehorahi Elohai neshama shenatata bitehorahi Elohai neshama shenatata bitehorahi Elohai neshama shenatata bitehorahi Neshama shenatata bitehorahi My God, the soul you have placed within me my God, the soul you've placed within me, she is pure. My God, the soul you've placed within me, she is pure. My God, the soul you have placed within me, she is pure. The soul you've placed within me, she is pure, the soul you've placed within me, she is pure. Yalalai, la 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 sharing for a moment and just lead us in a in a body meditation welcome you welcome everybody who's joined us since i saw your faces after the screen sharing i'm just going to mute everyone um so we're not getting background noise for now um so i'm going to invite you to close your eyes um and we're just going to do a grounding um, a grounding meditation to bring us present and it's connected to the morning prayer where we're um, expressing thanks for the miracle of our our body as I said in in our services before we start with 
Um, to me, I hold two aspects of our morning of our morning services: the awe and wonder of life and miracle and all that the world offers us, and also um, prayer as a path of radical call to liberation. So that our prayers actually uplift us and inform us for how to engage in the world to transform it. So um, I'm going to start. So we're starting with the the prayers of awe and appreciation of, of our lives. So I invite you to close your eyes, as I said, and let's just take a few deep breaths together and feel ourselves arrive here to Shabbat morning. Let's start with our eyes. Give gratitude for our eyes, for the ways that they allow us to see and take in information from the world, and to see all of its amazing beauty and glory. And the way it connects with our minds so we can really take it all in in complex ways and appreciate it. And now move to our ears and feel free if it helps you to touch those parts of your body as I say them, if that's something you want to do. I'm grateful for our ears, all the components of our ears, all the many different aspects of our ears that allow us to hear all the beautiful voices and music and sounds, all the creativity, the miraculous sounds of the universe itself, and also that helps us keep our balance and stability. And our mouth and our teeth and our jaw and our tongue that allow us to taste and our nose and smell and talk, our vocal cords allow us to talk and sing and chew and our throat allows us to swallow our food and bring it into our digestive system that allows us to digest our food, hopefully with great ease and take the nutrients and energy from that food and nourish our bodies and souls and with ease dispose of those parts of the food that we eat that we do not need and release them. And our heart, thank our hearts every day, our heart pumps and pumps and pumps blood through our veins and arteries throughout our whole body. It nourishes us and keeps us alive. And we don't even think about it or know it half the time, probably more than, way more than half the time, but there it is doing its job all the time and also our heart, which radiates love and compassion and empathy and allows us to feel connected so deeply to others and to feel the calling of that which burns inside of us and also the pain and sorrow and joy of others and of the universe. Thank you heart for all the amazing gifts you give us. And our lungs, Breathe into our lungs, which are really in your back. 
Feel the breath as it comes into our bodies, transforms it into oxygen that we use to cleanse and heal ourselves, to find our centers when we're feeling uncentered, to be grounded. And then we breathe it back out as carbon dioxide and the trees use it for their life energy. And in this beautiful, miraculous cycle of giving and receiving, of breath, of life's breath that keeps us all connected in a perfect, sustainable ecosystem. And the lungs, I'm picturing, our, I'm picturing in this moment just what our lungs look like and how that mirrors onto what the treetops look like in the rainforest, the lungs of our planet, and the deep wisdom of the universe that our individuality is such a reflection of the collective and the collective a reflection of the micro. Such a beautiful, amazing reality. And we give, give thanks now for all our bones and muscles and ligaments and tendons. Start with our neck and shoulders. We can rub our neck and shoulders. I don't know about you, but sitting in front of a computer so much, my neck and shoulders are quite sore. And our arms and our wrists and our hands and our fingers we spend a lot of time typing and doing our hands so much for us. And give thanks for our ribs that hold our body and our frame together. I injured my ribs a little bit, so I'm particularly aware of their fragility and the importance of their connection to our whole well-being and sense of well-being. And our spine, our whole spine that runs from the bottom of our neck all the way down to our tailbone that gives us the capacity to move our body to sit straight and feel solid and feel good and our hips and our pelvis and our genitals and our legs and our knees and our lower legs and our ankles and our feet and our toes that move us into this world, keep us grounded and every bone and muscle and joint and ligament and tendon that I forgot to mention. And our skin, the biggest organ in our body that holds it all together in a nifty package that allows us to move as one whole. And even though there's separate components, we're all connected as a whole, like all of us to each other in the universe. And our brain and mind, oy, the power and capacity of our brain and mind, sometimes it serves us in such amazingly wonderful ways, and sometimes it guides us in ways that don't necessarily serve life or love. And so let's be grateful for our brains and minds for its capacity to see and take in all that the world and universe has to offer us and to gives us the capacity to learn 
and grow and expand our understanding and consciousness, to have rich conversations, to read amazing, amazing things and take them in. And now as we give gratitude for the intellect of our brain, let's bow our head to our heart so that we can remind ourselves of the deep importance of the connection to connect our brain and our mind to our heart so that it's guided also by the wisdom of love and compassion and empathy so that we can find the path that we need for our own self-healing, for our own lives to be filled and guided with love and compassion, and also for our engagement with the world so that we can bring our most wise hearts and souls and minds to the work at hand. Amen. When you're ready, you can lift your head and open your eyes. So now we will go to the morning blessings, which I just have to find on my screen. There they are, just share them with you. So many moving pieces on Zoom. Okay. Got them. So I invite you to sing along with me and make them a little bit bigger. No, that's too big. Okay. Who awakens our consciousness to see and celebrate the awe of the universe. <laughs> Who has given our people responsibility to love the stranger and pursue justice for all. <laughs> Who has made me in your image giving me the capacity to partner with you to transform the world. Amen. Who has made me free, so I can help others become more truly free as well. Amen. Amen who opens the eyes of the blind and helps us see what we must do to fulfill your call to build a loving and just world. Amen. <clears throat> who calls us to provide resources to those in need. Amen. Who releases the imprisoned and releases us from our prisons of fear so we can reach out to others with love? <laughs> who moves us beyond our constricted limitations, giving us the capacity to stretch beyond our comfort zone? <laughs> 
who stretches earth over the waters and gives us a solid foundation in times of uncertainty. Amen. Amen. Who creates abundantly and rouses us to meet others' needs. Amen. Who guides our karmic path and calls us to pray with our feet. Amen. Who girds all God wrestlers with the strength to speak truth to power and challenge injustice. Amen. Who crowns me with the capacity to see beauty in the world and in all beings. Amen. Amen who gives strength to the weary so we can recommit and return and again and again to work for peace and justice. Who removes the tiredness from our bodies, the sleepiness from our eyes and opens our consciousness to see beyond our, beyond our inner selves and calls us to use our capacities to heal and transform the world. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> do you want to um do you want to go to um page sixteen? Huh? Do you want to have someone read one of the whatever you want to does somebody want to read a page or two in our prayer book? I'll, I'll show, I'll screen share it. Somebody want to go ahead, Jeff, I'll screen share it right now. Thank you. Unless someone else will mute it. Source, but I have to move you. <laughs> Source of cosmic multiplicity. Happiness abounds in the confident human. Come to transformation's responsive force to those who yearn for change. Transform your peoples. Bless your inheritance. Lift us beyond our smallness of vision to that of the vast. Our souls so long for the spiritual. It uplifts and guides us. In it we find our heart's joy because we are confident in the ultimate wholeness. I got to move you over here. There we go. We are looking for a vision of tender kindness, following guidance with yearning intuition, a vision of our place in your plan, a taste of completeness. Shine your attention on us and support us in our chosen paths that we may fulfill your best vision for, for our world. I am your God and guide who extricates you from the difficult places in your lives. Open the pores of your being and I will enter therein. Open your mouth and my spirit will fill it. Happy is a nation thus spoken to. Happy is a people who recognizes its path to the divine. And I, for my part, trust in your kindness. My heart will rejoice in serving your plan. My heart will sing to the one who completes it with love. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Beautiful. So now we're going to turn to Marge Piercy's beautiful poem. Uh, I can do it this way. 
There we go. The interpretive nishma. <clears throat> and I think I'll, I'll read it because um, I know it well. So I invite you to read along or just close your eyes and listen to the, the beautiful um, vision she provides us of, of the, of the, <clears throat> excuse me, of the, um, all of life celebrating, celebrating and awakening um, to the awe of the universe. <clears throat> I have a frog, frog in my throat this morning. When the night slides under with the last dimming star <clears throat> and the red sky lightens between the trees, and the heron glides tipping heavy wings in the river when crows stir and cry out their harsh joy and swift creatures of the night run toward their burrows and the deer raises her head and sniffs the freshening air and the shadows grow, grow more distinct and then shorten. Then we rise into the day still clean as snow the cat washes its paw and greets the day with gratitude. Leviathan salutes, breaching with a column of steam. The hawk turning in the sky cries out a prayer like a knife. We must wonder at the sky now thin as a speckled eggshell that now piles up its boulders of storm to crash down, that now hangs a furry gray belly into the street. Every day we find a new sky and a new earth with which we are trusted like a perfect toy. We are given the salty river of our blood winding through us to remember the sea and our kindred under the waves, the hot pulsing that knocks in our throats to consider our cousins in the grass and the trees all bright scattered rivulets of life. We are given the wind within us, the breath to shape into words that steal time, that touch like hands and pierce like bullets, that waken truth and deceit, sorrow and pity and joy, that waste precious air in complaints, in lies, in floating traps for power on the dirty air. Yet holy breath still stretches our lungs to sing. We are given the body that momentary kibbutz of elements that have belonged to frog and polar bear, corn and oak tree, volcano and glacier. We are lent for a time these minerals in water and a morning every day, a morning to wake up, rejoice and praise life in our spines our throats, our knees, our genitals, our brains, our tongues. We are given the fire to see against the dark, to think, to read, to study how we are to live, to bank in ourselves against defeat and despair, that cool and muddy our resolves, that make us forget what we saw we must do. We are given passion that rise like the sun in our minds with the new day and burn the debris of habit and greed and fear. 
We stand in the midst of the burning world, primed to burn with compassionate love and justice, to turn inward and see the world that is all of one flesh with us. See under the trash, through the smog, the furry bee in the apple blossom, the trout leaping, the candles our ancestors lit for us. Fill us as a tide rustles the reeds in the marsh. Fill us as a rushing water overflows the pitcher. Fill us as a light fills a room with its dancing. Let the little quarrels of the bones and the snarling of the lesser appetites and the whining of the ego cease. Let silence still us so you may show us your shining and we can out of that stillness rise and praise. And so now we're going to go outside and do our morning outdoor prayer. So I'm going to, for a moment, there's going to be silence because I've got to switch the volumes on the computers. So give me one well, second. Why don't we sing while we're waiting a hallelujah, just the simple words. Hallelujah. Let's, let's praise. Let's praise that cat is finding the controls. And get up. Go ahead and get up and, and dance. Get and up and uh, move your body. You've got all the, you've acknowledged your good bodies and your good souls. Now stand up or, in, or sit down and use them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Call Hanshama to hallelujah. Every breath will praise Yah. Call Hanshama to hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Call Hanshama to hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everyone looks kind of static. Let's see you move a little bit. Move your fingers. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Call Hanshama, every living breath, every soul. Call Hanshama, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Call Hanshama, hallelujah. One more time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Call Hanshama, te hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Call Hanshama, te hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Ami. Beautiful. So here we are outside. And we just always like to go outside to celebrate the awe. You can hear me, right? Cool. I did it. 
celebrate the awe and wonder of this universe. So I'm going to take a moment to just show you, for those of you who are inside or can't, can't enjoy the outside at the moment, I'll just show you the beautiful universe. And there's the sun, which we're going to sing to in a moment. What an amazing, amazing gift that we have this universe to be in and enjoy. So now I'm going to share our screen again for those words. And, you know, if, if we're not following the words exactly or you don't follow the words on the screen, um, just la la la. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just celebrate the universe. That's what this is all about. So in whatever way that that resonates for you, just go for it. Baruch Atarani Eloheinu Melech Haolam Yotzer Or Uvorei Hoshet Osa Shalom Uvorei Et We are grateful to you, Goddess, for creating this incredible universe with a hundred billion galaxies, but the Milky Way. Would have been plenty for us. And we are grateful for the sun. Hashemesh Giving us light and giving us warmth. So that life can develop and evolve in a zillion amazing ways. And we are grateful for the light. That makes it possible for us to see the beauty around us. The trees. The water. The water. The hills of Marin. Maybe you can see the desert. The hills of San Francisco. The hills of San Francisco. Anyone else? Call out what you see that you're grateful for. The Gulf of Mexico. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, the flowers. Oh, the, tree. The, tree, the tree, nice. The mountains of chuckanuts. Oh, nice. The mountains of chuckanuts. Yay. I'm grateful for our doggies that I can see. <laughs> Oh, this is such an amazing universe. And now, the sun, the, the sun. sun. We're the grateful sun. to you. I I die, 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 die
and we are grateful for photosynthesis that, that gives us delicious fruits and veggies that nourish our bodies and we are grateful to you goddess for renewing every day the events of creation yeah, so the the next we have a bunch of Hebrew for this next prayer. So I just want to say Ahavtanu. Um um, with great love, you loved us, God. And you, you poured out uh, compassion to us and caring for us. Avinu Makenu, Father, our, our, our king. Our, our, our pathfinder. Our pathfinder, right. Our, <laughs> our pathfinder. Because for the sake of our, of, of our past generations, Shabbat that trusted in you, um, teach us also, teach us how to live. Avinu Havrachaman, the merciful one, um, have mercy on us um, and give us the ability to understand and to dis uh, discern, to hear, uh, and to teach others um, uh, uh, and to uphold. Uh, all the um, all the words of your your teachings to us, and so open our eyes. For this we have. This we have. Uh, oh, this good. we have in translation. Okay, good. Uh, the rest of it we have. Uh, after we do the Hebrew, we have the translation. So. Ahava, Rabba, Ahav, Tanu, Adonai Eloheinu, Chemla Golabitera. Hamata Aleinu, Ahabinu Makenu, Ahabur Horeinu, Shabachu Vecha, Shabachu Vecha, Horeinu Moreinu, Batilam Denhu Kehain, Kentehanenu Lamdenu. Avinu ha'avarachamad Amrachem rachem alenu V'tein belibenu lehavin Lehavin lehaskil ishmoa Lilmaudu lelamed Lishmoa velaasot Lekayem ekol divrei Tamutaratecha, <laughs> No way! 
to love and to be in awe of you. And we will not be embarrassed no way to declare the possibility of a world based on love, kindness, and generosity, social and economic justice, environmental sanity, Evolution of the consciousness of all humanity. Bring us from the four corners of the earth. Let us come together and unify as one. And to speak with one voice of love and compassion. Okay, And it shall come to pass if you love the spiritual transformative power of the universe with all your heart, all your soul, and all your passions, and use that energy to build a world based on these mitzvot, a world of love and care, kindness and generosity, 
social, economic, and environmental justice and ecological sustainability, then the world will work. The sun will shine, the rain will fall, the earth will give forth its produce, and you and your animals will eat and be satisfied. Okay, good. But be careful, watch out. Because uh -uh. if you don't build a world based on these mitzvot and instead build one based on selfishness and greed, constantly hoarding and chasing after more money, power, fame, and land, building roads for some and not others, political systems for some and not others, economic systems that work for the 1% on the backs of the 99%, and social systems that don't work equally for all, then just as those political, economic, and social systems are un unbalanced and begin to unravel and not serve the well-being of all, so too will the environmental and ecological systems and structures of the universe itself fundamentally unravel and become unbalanced. Mm -hmm. There will be a series of environmental catastrophes and plagues Oy. from pandemics Oy. to hurricanes to rising sea levels that sweep away islands and lives Oy. to droughts and famine. Oy. And eventually, although you may think you will not be affected, eventually you and your animals as well will be wiped off from the face of this good earth. Oy, 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 oy. God spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, put tzitzit in the corners of your garment, put a blue thread in them, which we need to do so that we're reminded again and again so that when we look at it, it awakens us from our sleepiness and drowsiness. And to look at these tzitzit, as reminders, not only reminders, but also to call us into action, to actually build and create a loving and just world. Mm. And God, and God mm. continued. And God continued and said to Moses, I am the transformative power of the universe. I brought you out of the narrow consciousness of slavery, of constriction. I showed you the systems and structures of oppression created by human beings can be overthrown and built a world of love and justice. That is who I am. I am that force in truth. So we're about to go into singing the celebratory song that the women sang um, after we crossed through the Sea of Reeds to celebrate our liberation, I always like to say, and at this moment, take a moment and ask yourself, because we are free today or relatively free today, what steps are you going to take in the next week? What can you commit to in the next week to actually work in solidarity with others so that in fact we can all be free because it takes all of us to build a free and just world and all of us to be involved in movements for transformation to create that world. And after we do this song, then we'll go into the silent meditation, the Amidah, which are on pages, what pages? Um, 35 to 50. 35 to 50, so you can follow that along in the English. We'll, we'll go offline for a little bit. I mean, we won't turn off the machine, but we won't be here.
I'm not going to be able to show it. And it won't be on the screen because I'm not going to be able to screen through it. So if you have it, you can do that. Otherwise, you can sit in silent meditation, reflect on the, the beauty of the universe and the call of the universe for you to partner with it to build a loving and just world. Or you can use any meditation focus or intention you want or the mantra of our community. I am part, part of, of the, the unity, unity of all, all being, a manifestation of God's love on earth. And I will put that in the chat after Mecha Mocha. I am part of the unity, unity of, of all being, a manifestation of God's love on earth. Is there a way that people can get the whole thing? They, I can't put it. I'll try to put in the link to grab the whole prayer book online. But if you go to Beit Takun prayer book, it's also been sent out. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for putting the link to the prayer book in the chat. I appreciate that. So we're going to go into the silent see me now. We're going to go into the silent meditative prayer. And when we come back, we'll start our Torah study. And I will put the, um, in a moment, when I, sit, when I get down, before I can put my computer down, I'll put in the um, meditation. But we'll be back in about eight to 10 minutes.
<clears throat> unmute. Ah, is that what was wrong? I don't know. Was it on unmute? Was it on mute? I have no idea. Either. So we don't want we don't want them to hear us. Start video. Take that out. We might as well be on. We can hear you. Why can't we hear? Maybe you have to go there. More. Boy, Neil's getting really like a wild man. Yeah. It's great. I think you have to click that. Could everyone please mute? Thank you. Shalom, Shalom Aleinu Odiavo Shalom Aleinu Odiavo Shalom Aleinu Odiavo Shalom Aleinu returned um, so um, we're going to go to the blessing before the Torah reading okay. on page 69 Do you, hang on what? one second I gotta get us there okay 
Page what? 69? 69. Much less. Voila. Why did it go to 66? Oh, I know why it went to 66. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. No, you went further down. Which part do you want? You want this part. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. I'm going to get you the Khmash. Baruchu et Adonai Hambarak. Baruch Adonai Hambarak Leolam Ba'ed. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melacholam. Asher Bachar Banu Im Kol Hamim. Venahatamanu et Torato. Baruch Ata Adonai. Noten HaTorah. Amen. Amen. So I have, um, do you want me to share the, um, yeah. Okay. okay, so I have the, um, Safario to share the Parsha. I just lost my words. Um, so I will do that. And then if somebody wants to, to read, um, Yitz, do you want to? Are you able to see the screen well enough to read some of the parsha for us? That's you cool. know, can you say a word of where? What is the parsha? Where we are? What chapter? What book? Yes. yes. Thanks. Okay. We're in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, if you have, um, if we will get it up on the screen. Yeah, it's on the screen. What? It's on the screen. Okay. Well, in the book of Deuteronomy. And we are on um, chapter three, sentence 27. And um, the context of Deuteronomy, which uh, we started to read last week, I mean, but um, we didn't have a, uh, a service last week, but uh, is um, um, we've skipped from where uh, the, uh, um, <clears throat> Well, at, actually, at the end of, uh, of uh, the last book of uh, the, the previous book of, uh, of Torah in the in the desert by Midbar, Midbar, also known as the Numbers, um, uh, there was a big jump from most of uh, most of uh, the book, which um, was a continuation of the first few years in the desert, to the end of the time in the desert. Um, and uh, the people of Israel have now been um, able to uh, stand really on the on the borders of the of the promised land, and so this is uh, this is uh, um, the moment right when we would be going into the promised land, uh, and the whole book of Deuteronomy is really Moses's farewell address, actually several di different addresses, farewell addresses. And um, Moses, so now what's happened is, is that um, we've gone through a period of 40 years and the 40 years were the time sup supposedly in which um, all the people who had been engaged or all the people who were over 20 years old or older and who had been engaged in the, the series of rebellions against God, the, the, the final one being um, 
the uh, rebellion which they, having heard the spies' story about um, the, uh, the land of Israel being impossible to go into, um, they began to once again cry and say, if only we had died in, in Egypt, what are we doing out here? And like that. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, God said, okay, this generation can't go into the new land and you're going to stay in the desert until um, all those who have been 20 and older um, uh, die off and um, a new generation will come. So, so the book of Deuteronomy is uh, Moses is now summing up the experience um, of, uh, the, of what they have learned or what they, he hopes they have learned. And so he's giving um, a series of, of uh, talks about what happened. However, in the, uh, in the midst of this, um, uh, one of the things that happened was that um, God had told him, one of, the, one of the big complaints that they had was, hey, there's no water. That happened after um, Miriam died because Miriam was the one who was uh, able to uh, find the water or discern where the water was or in a more spiritual sense, that nourishment, that kind of female nourishment that, that came from her, um, after she died, it was gone and people were uh, again saying the same thing, let's go back to Egypt. <laughs> okay, so, um, and um, uh, we're desperate for, for the water that she brought. So um, God tells Moses, go, um, see that rock there, that big rock, it's over the water. Um, if you go and speak to the rock, it will give forth water. And Moses goes, and uh, being so annoyed at the people, he strikes the rock several times, and the water does come out on the basis of his, um, uh, the magical powers of his, uh, his staff. Um, but God turns to Moses and says, because you didn't trust in me, because you didn't give me, uh, you didn't believe in the possibility that, that um, from the hard place would come a soft place, um, that from a difficult situation could come a nourishing, nourishing situation, um, you're not gonna, you, you can't lead these people into the promised land. And now, 40 years later, okay, so that was 40 years later, um, or actually it's probably 39 years later, um, um, Moses is, the, the people are now, a new generation is there in front of Moses, and Moses is going to tell the story of, um, of all that happened. Uh, however, uh, it's a it's slightly different story than oh, the one that we read in the past, <laughs> because this is all through Moses's perception, whereas the rest uh, is, uh, the, the first four books are, um, uh, partly Moses, but partly other people. And of course, we know that that, that probably all these stories were um, uh, and various uh, folk tale were put together to create the Torah. But um, in any event, in this in this version, this chat uh, in this book, the book of Deuteronomy, um, uh, or uh, Devarim, which is more accurate, Dabar meaning either thing or speech. 
So the, these are speech acts of Moses. Um, and um, in this, this one, Moses is um, uh, wanting uh, to tell the story, but as he starts to tell the story last week, um, he's mostly say, telling it in such a way as to blame the people, everybody, uh, all the people, for having um, made it so hard for him that he did things that were wrong that, um, that uh, made God angry at, at him. And so, um, so he's, he's, he's been seething basically with anger. Now, of course, anger is no new thing for Moses. Uh, and it was, uh, and um, there are many different interpretations about why God wouldn't let Moses go there. And um, one of the first ones is, uh, I mean, they got, you didn't listen to God. Okay, you didn't listen to, to what God was telling you. Um, but that seems like a flimsy one um, because, uh, hey, everybody gets things wrong from time to time and uh, some of us screwed up. But no, it's that, the, so a more serious explanation that some of the commentators give is um, he was, uh, he had an anger problem. He couldn't control his anger. And, um, and here he is doing it again in, in the first three chapters of, of uh, the book of Deuteronomy. He has an anger problem. Uh, and um, uh, we don't want that to be the leadership. So that's one, uh, one sort of uh, well-known uh, explanation of why he can't go in. Now, I want to build on that just for a second to say that it's also that um, uh, it, it's that Moses is somebody who reverts to violence uh, to um, at least to um, uh, because it's not only here, it's remember that at his very beginning when he saw the oppression of, of the Israelites, that he killed one of the um, one of the people who was oppressing uh, a, uh, an Israelite slave. Um, well, you know, like um, one can understand people getting that way, but, uh, but to kill, kill the other person, um, not really in our tradition to, to, to kill the oppressor. We've got to find another way. Um, and um, and that comes up again when he, uh, in the story of the giving of the, of the uh, 10 speech acts and the Torah on Mount Sinai, when while he's up there and he doesn't come down on the 40th day, he said there was going to be up there for 40 days, and um, he doesn't come down, and the people go to Aaron and say, make us a god, um, and, and uh, Aaron does that, and uh, a, a golden calf. And Moses comes down and he's, he sees this and he's so filled with anger that he, er, that he asks those who are on his side to go and kill um, the people who have been worshiping this golden calf. And according to the story, it's several thousand people that are, that are killed there. So Moses, and that was another moment of Moses's anger. And now, um, then we have this story of then you know, God uh, not being um, willing to listen to God's uh, um, approach. So it's really a question of, of violence or nonviolence. Now, we, we don't need a leader who um, is not committed to a nonviolent path. 
that's now you might think that's a bit of a stretch because it certainly doesn't say that there, but uh, um, we don't but, need a leader. What we don't need a leader's commission on violence. Oh. said, mm, okay, you might not believe that we don't need a leader oh, with, okay. with, with a, a nonviolent path, but actually, um, that's what we do need. But the reason why you wouldn't believe it is because uh, if we believe the the um, ongoing story, it turns out that who is going to lead? He's going to be the person who's going to lead is Joshua, and um, and there are in this book of Deuteronomy, and we'll read it. And we won't, I don't think we'll read that today, but we'll, uh, there are various times in which uh, God is being quoted as saying, um, "Go in there and wipe out all the all the people who are there." And um, uh, and so, how can you possibly think that Moses's problem was was an anger uh, anger when God seems to be uh, encour encouraging violence against the people who live there. Okay, so what? No, I haven't quite finished yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the answer is this, and this is uh, this is something that if you've been studying with uh, me on uh, on the Torah portion for a while, or Torah portions, you'll probably remember this point that um, actually the Torah has been put together. Um, by people, a bunch of people, and whether it, um, uh, that have assembled the various stories of the past, and um, the stories that get assembled um, have um, reflect two different worldviews that are in the that are reflected in the in the Torah itself, and these two different worldviews actually emerge from at least. Uh, let's say at least good 6,000 years before the events that are now being depicted. Before there was a Jewish people, uh, thousands of years before there was a Jewish people, about the time of about 8,000 BCE, before the common era, um, 8,000 8, years, and some people say it's someplace between 8,000 and 6,000 years, that class society and patriarchy evolved. And class society and patriarchy um, uh, were both um, ways of looking at the world that um, that uh, um, gave power to those who were into violence and domination and using, uh, if necessary, cruelty to impose their will on others. On the case of men over women, and in the case of uh, a small elite of uh, a small elite of men over every, all other men and all other and all other women. So, um, so from there you get a worldview that says um, the way the world is is such that um, everybody is going to be pushing for themselves out for the number one and likely to dominate and control you unless you can dominate and control them first. And this is how the world is. And this is the worldview of domination or power, um, power over others. And says, that's how it is. This is the reality of the world. And you have to, have to adjust to that. Now, um, there, uh, human beings didn't start with class society. They were, um, uh, on various estimates, at least um, 80 to 100,000 years of prehistory before, before um, uh, the beginning of class society and patriarchy that um, that came 
coincided with the um, uh, development of city-states and city-states that um, basically started to develop the notion of private property and this is ours and in order to protect our, ourselves from others who were uh, part of the um, uh, um, gathering of um, a gathering of food wherever they could find it or hunting for food but they were not agricultural they didn't have a place but others these wanderers had um, a lot of insecurity let's say in uh, whether they were going to find enough food for their people so when people started to develop class society uh, um, class societies and they uh, and agriculture they built that around agriculture the notion that this is ours, we own it, we have a right to it, um, we control this. And um, now, what about all those other people who are still uh, hunter-gatherers? Well, we've got to keep them out somehow. Um, how? By force and violence. And um, so the cities that, uh, these cities are like um, a, a city that we're talking about 8,000 to 6,000 years ago, we're about the size of a block that you live in, in a, if you're living in an urban area, okay? That whole, the whole city is, but, and they built some walls around it. And then they had, they developed weapons um, um, to use against the people who were hunter gatherers who might be coming to my private property. You, you have no business here. Okay, so, so this worldview, is a, um, a, an intense domination worldview, not sharing worldview, it's mine, not yours, etc. However, before that, for the, the past um, uh, 92, 94,000 years of human life before that, there, were, um, there had already been developed a different worldview that um, was um, a worldview of kindness, generosity, love, dominance. So, um, so this other worldview is, um, uh, is not articulated anymore in the class societies, and it's almost lost entirely until the Jewish people come forward. And the Jewish people, um, and maybe other peoples as well, I don't want to say it's just us, but it's, we're the ones that we know about, let's say. Yeah. They come forward and say, no, the world can be based on love, kindness, generosity, a different way. And um, uh, now that worldview, that alternative worldview that is, uh, is talking about love, hafta, you should love, um, uh, that, that worldview is um, not one which everybody accepts. On the contrary, uh, in the Jewish people, both people, uh, there is that um, this alternative worldview, that it has some tradition, but there's also the worldview of domination. And so when the stories get assembled to put together, um, uh, put together the Torah, try to imagine a committee, because uh, the, the story we have is, is that it was the Anshe Knesset Agdola, the big assembly, the big assembly of, uh, of uh, um, uh, enlightened um, uh, teachers, let's say, who get together and take all the different uh, parts that have been held, the various, 
for her stories, and they put together this Torah. But the Torah, but you know, they, as, wherever you find some liberation consciousness, some love consciousness, some generosity consciousness in Torah, then you look, uh, then almost immediately, the other, the other wing, the, the domination wing, will feel the need to say, but wait a second, let's remember, remind everybody that uh, um, we need power and domination and control. And so the Torah has both voices in it. This is not surprising because we all have both voices in it. Even today, we still have that. Not just Jews, but everybody on the planet has both the, the, the call to build a world of love and the other side that says, impossible, forget it, domination and control is the way to go, and that's the way we have to organize our society. So that's um, important to get in understanding um, why then it's so important to have leaders, at least, who are um, able to hear the voice of God in our Torah calling people for liberation, love, generosity, kindness. But as I said, also you'll hear God's voice being portrayed as domination, control, wipe out the others, etc. Um, the good news that we get from uh, anthropology and, um, and, uh, is that um, the, the, the role of Joshua and of domination um, and wiping out the people of the land never happened. It, it, it never happened. It, um, that's not how the people got together. So this is, this, is, this is a story and there's a reason why that story was, was developed. It had to do with the, um, the powerlessness that the Israelites were facing when um, many hundreds of years after this time, time of Moses, um, that they were conquered by um, Babylonia and, put, and brought into exile. And it was there that, um, uh, that people needed to feel, hear a story of Jewish um, of empowerment, uh, including uh, military empowerment or domination empowerment. And so they developed those stories also. So then they became a part of what gets put together when uh, hundreds of years after that. But we know about that, um, uh, that first part from Tisha B'Av, from what we read on Tisha B'Av, because, um, because um, allegedly that story of, of, um, that's read in the Book of Lamentations is about this first conquest after the destruction of the first temple by the Babylonians. And um, so we'll get to that in a, a little bit. But uh, in any event, you can see why um, then if you're wanting uh, um, Moses, the hero of our people, um, to, um, to be an embodiment of uh, the loving energy, then it's very difficult to say he should be leading us into whatever the promised land really stands for. And it may not be a land physically, it may be a state of consciousness that we need to go to. So um, that's the answer to Ami's question of where are we in this story? And uh, we're here. And, um, and so Moses is continuing his talk. Let me share now. Yeah. And uh, Moses is continuing his talk to the people. And um, um, 
Vaethanan. Uh, so who is somebody going to? Yes, he would. Who? I think Yitz, are you game for sharing, for reading from here? Sure. Vaethanan el Adonai Vaethahi leimor Adonai Elohim Atah chilotah laharot et avdecha Et kodlecha ואת ידך החזקה, אשר מיאל בשמיים ובארץ, אשר יעשך מעשיך וכגבורתך. How much do you want me to? Um, Should we do? To read another, uh, another verse or two um, in Hebrew, and then go back and restart from the beginning in English, okay? Okay. Ebrana. וראה את הארץ הטובה אשר בעבר הירדן, ההר הטוב הזה והלבנון. ויתאבר אדוני בי למענכם, ולא שמע אלי, ויאמר אדוני אלי רב לך, אל תאוסף. דבר אליי עוד בדבר הזה. Should we go back now? To the beginning and, and start to read uh, this and, and the next chapter. I pleaded with the Eternal One at that time, saying, O Eternal One, God, Adonai Elohim, you who let your servants see the first works of your greatness and your mighty hand, you whose powerful deeds no God in heaven or on earth can equal. You to scroll down. Let me, I pray, cross over and see the good land on the other side of the Jordan, that good hill country and the Lebanon but the Eternal One was wrathful with me on your account and would not listen to me. The Eternal One said to me, Enough, never speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the summit of Pisgah and gaze about to the west, the north, the south, and the east. Look at it well, for you shall not go across yonder Jordan. Give Joshua his instructions and imbue him with strength and courage, for he shall go across at the head of, his of this people, and he shall allot to them the land that you may only see. Meanwhile, we stayed on in the valley near Beth Peor. Do you want to keep going from there too? Michael, you're you're muted, and Cat. Yeah. I unmuted him. Uh, yeah, stay stay here for a um a little a little bit. Um, it, so, um, th there's uh, much commentary on this exchange between uh, Moses and God, and um, uh, Moses is still trying to convince God to change God's mind about him not going in there. And uh, 
and God becomes angry at him and, uh, and says, um, um, Rav Lach, uh, let's see, let's see where, um, um, you have enough. <clears throat> um, let's see if I can get that. It's on um, Rav Lach, you have, you, um, there's enough for you. You've had enough. Um, you, um, so this is a, a difficult thing that happens, I think, for many people as they're about to die, which is um, they look at their lives and, or we look at our lives, and there are visions we had of what we were going to accomplish in our life, where we were going to be, um, but, uh, and um, as we approach the time when death is, uh, is uh, ahead of us, um, there are many people who um, go to um, thinking about, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't do what I really wanted to do. I didn't accomplish all I wanted to, to accomplish. And, um, and it's sad when you, when you get into that, uh, that consciousness. And um, so um, God's answer is Ravlach, which means you've had plenty. There's a lot that you, a lot that you have, uh, that you, um, and um, you need to focus on that, not on where what you had hoped would be the end of your life and all its accomplishments, but all that has happened. Um, you've had incredible opportunities. Um, you've lived in a, a world in which um, uh, you didn't die when you were 20. You didn't capture. You didn't. You didn't get uh, the pandemic when you were when you were 40. Uh, you've you've had a lot. You've you've had a lot already, and um, now it's like enough. Um, you don't have to feel bad about all that you've accomplished. You know, um, you can, can you imagine um, uh, if Moses is feeling like he didn't accomplish anything, you know, he didn't have enough and he needed another, another thing. Um, on the one hand, I'd say I want to feel compassion for him uh, because uh, why, you know, um, he, he had gone through all of this struggle uh, in order to bring people to the land of uh, promise. And on the other hand, um, God thinks he's not the right one to take the next step. And um, that is often hard for somebody to hear. Um, but um, the, the, this um, experience um, is uh, cat, cat, but last night when we were studying this, uh, it was like um, why we say, sing Dayenu. You know, it, uh, if you'd only done this, uh, you'd only taken us out of the land of Egypt, but you'd not brought us to Mount Sinai, Dayenu. Uh, it's enough. Uh, it's enough for us. And um, being able uh, to, um, to say that to ourselves, to actually get to the point where we can say, Dayenu, um, 
What happened? Whoops. Sami's going to take over sharing. Okay. Um, Ravlach, it's good that you've had enough. Um, it's very, it's, it's, it's the blessing when you can get to that point where you can say, Diana, we've had enough. Um, yes, um, so I'm, I'm leaving. I've been sick on and off and I'm feeling really sick again. So Mommy's going to take over sharing and, um, and navigating. So forgive us if there's missteps along the way. Um, I mean, maybe you can just open a whole new, a whole new, um, Zoom? A whole new, um, yeah, close Safari and open a new one so that we don't see all these windows and it might work better if all these windows are closed. Wait, wait, wait. But one time we need a window for the... the yeah, but you know, uh, Kat, I don't see your window. I, um, you, I have don't... To, you have to open Safari on your screen. Open Safari? I have to go to the website? Yep, I'll send you, I'll put the link in the chat. Oh, okay. So I... I suggest you closing all the other windows, otherwise it'll be too slow. And all my other all my other windows in my in your in your like all your Safari windows, close them all. I don't have any Safari windows open. Something open. You have all these URLs open. Sorry guys, forgive us. Um Does somebody else know how to do this? Somebody else skilled in sharing screens who could share Safari for everybody? Just send me the link and I'll in the chat. Oh, it's in the chat. Okay, let me get it. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me go. Well, I can do it if it's difficult for you. No, it's fine. I just need to get to the ch uh, chat. Okay. Here we go. And I don't have COVID if you're worried. I have Okay. Chat. Refuah Shalema. Thank you. I'm oh, sorry. You're better. Leave. Um, okay, hold on. Uh, just, uh, Yitz, can you lead us in a little nigun for uh, about five, uh, a minute? <laughs> sure. Nachamu, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, Nachamu, Nachamu, Nachamu Ani. Ai <laughs> Okay. Uh, here we go. You're able to set up the. So that, uh, Can you see that? Uh, yeah. Yes. You see the scrolling. Okay. Let yes. me just make it a little bigger. Okay, and we are. Yitz, where did you leave off? I'm sorry. Um, we just read till uh, we were going to be at the right there. Well, uh, the guy a little bit lower down. No, I'm sorry, too far, too far, too far, too far. A little bit further back, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. There we go. That's the last of 
Uh, meanwhile, we stayed on in the valley oh. of Beth Peor. A Shainam Dunk. <laughs> Michael? Yes. Okay, so um, now is somebody going to read for us the English who was reading before? Michael, do you mind if I add a twist of an interpretation on this amount that we've already just read? I read it in a very different way this time, this year. And um, with their uh, shoot. Okay, so, you know, when we read this text, it seems so harsh that here's Moshe pouring out his heart to God saying, please, you know, he, Adonai Elohim, God and all your qualities, I'm asking you, please be gracious to me and let me go into the land. Up to now, Moshe has been able to intercede for the people Israel repeatedly when God's going to wipe out all the people, he says, please don't, he pleads with God, and God, the divine will changes as a result of Moshe's plead. He's like a Rebbe on the highest level where he can go into heaven and really change things. Here's where he's different. Now he's a human being in a different way with a kind of limitation that he hadn't had before. Here, he's pleading for himself, and what we usually read is a very harsh response from God. If we can just scroll up a little bit, I'll keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, you, so here it says, uh, in sentence 26, but the Eternal was wrathful with me on your account and would not listen to me. Well, that word wrathful, in Hebrew, it's v'yita ber, v'yita ber. And it has, the root of that is ayin bet resh, avar, to go over, to cross over. Avraham is called the one who crossed over, Avraham ha'ivri. And that's what our people are the Ivrim, we're the, we're the ones who go over. Well, God is going over. Is tra it, I, I, the, if we don't read it as wrathful, but rather God goes through a change. God is transformed in this and says, and so Moses says, and God was wrathful with me. From his human perspective, here he is a human being now. His, that limit that God is setting is extremely painful for Moshe. So he's reading it as God was angry with me. And he says, for your, because of you guys, Laman Chem. And it, we can read it in a very different way that God is compassionately saying to Moshe, don't, you can't go on, be happy, Ravlach, Ravlach. There's an, you've had enough. There's enough for you. Um, you don't have to go over, and it's not because of the people, but Lema'anchem can be as read just as legitimately as for the sake of the people. The people need a new energy 
to take them into this next paradigm. And, and I think that we can read this with a very soft voice of Hashem speaking to Moshe quite lovingly, saying, You've had, your, your portion has been enough, and now go in peace to, to rest. Go, you, you've completed your task. And so I just like to add that nuance to this reading because I think that that reading of the harshness of Hashem in this can really be a very narrow um, limitation on the po the possibilities of that encounter with for Moshe and the Divine. So, uh, Dibarti. Shamati. <laughs> Uh, Rabbi, may I ask a question? Yes. Who is, who is that? It's who Jeff. Is, Jeff. Um, I, I emailed you yesterday about this parsha. I don't know if you had a chance to read it before today, but um, what Yitz was just talking about is actually one of the questions I asked you. Um, I don't, what was the purpose from the perspective of the redactors centuries later? What was the purpose of including this? Um, even if it was, even if it was, if it was about a clean break for Joshua's leadership, or even if it was, if we're going to understand it in the way that Yitz just expounded, um, why have him die in the wilderness, frustrated? Why not just let him cross over, look around, uh, see the culmination of his life's work, and then die in his sleep a few weeks later? Um, okay. Uh... Now, you're asking me to know the answer to that question. Well, don't uh, you know everything? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, and, uh, and I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit that. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, uh, this, this, I, we were talking about this uh, last night also, um, that, um, yes, that, that would have been an alternative. But there's... Um, there's something else that another way of understanding God here, um, uh, not that I want to justify everything that God does, uh, uh, God is said to do in this. Um, and that is, um, there's, there's a, um, a beautiful thing about the, the way that the Jewish people deal with leaders. And that beautiful thing is that we, that, even the most inspiring of our leaders have deep flaws. And um, we are, um, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a time, um, I, I've seen this, I saw this in the, in the, the 60s, uh, and I see it again happening today, where um, people who have um, really good intentions and provide smart ideas for leadership Nevertheless, get attacked by everybody else, and um, uh, and uh, there's a tendency um, to feel like the leader has too much, that the leader has too much, too much influence, too much power, whatever, and so people um, try to tear them down. And our our tradition was to represent instead was to make it impossible for people to. Um, glorify the leader to make it sound like the leader is uh, the next thing to God to point out their flaws and the, their weaknesses and hence 
to um, make it possible, not to say that this is actual, but at least make it possible for us to accept leaders with flaws and not expect that they're going to be anything else. But um, what what uh, I see, what I saw happening in the '60s, and I see in the early '70s, and I see it happening again today, is that um, uh, there's a a, um, a culture of calling out whatever is lacking in somebody and saying, "Hey, you don't have this. You don't have that." No, so it's um, and one of the forms it takes is, well, you might be good on fr front A, B, and C, but you're still, and there's a, what, now you fill in the blank. You're, you're, you're still a white person with privilege. You're racist, you're sexist, you're homophobic, you're xenophobic, you're anti-Semitic, um, you have an ego. All these things that um, are probably partly true, okay? Leaders, uh, and in fact, now we'd say, our home, our, our social change movements, our movements for wanting to build a different world, are are going to be flawed. Are going to be flawed because there's nothing else on the planet but flawed people. There's no there's no way to have um, a social movement that is a full embodiment of the world we want to get to. Um, we can strive in that direction, but we have to be compassionate also. So um, so in in not allowing Moses to go into the promised land, the text is also giving us uh, uh, an idea that um, Moses isn't the perfect person either. And reminding us about that and saying, okay, he did a lot of things, wonderful things, amazing things. You know, this is his Torah, we celebrate it, we're still reading it. After thousands of years, we're still reading this thing and reading about it. And Moses is the dominant figure in the, in at least the, from the chapter, of, from the book of Exodus on. Um, and he even gets to be recorded in this last book um, with all his, uh, all his service and all his upset, but also with lots of great teachings. Um, so that's how I see it. Uh, and uh, um, the, when the book of uh, Deuteronomy ends, it says that Moses was buried and nobody knows where his, uh, his place was. And the rabbis say, yeah, because we didn't want to have people doing um, uh, pilgrimages to, his, uh, to his, uh, uh, his grave and making it, you know, turning him into somebody that would be um, uh, somebody that is worshiped, okay? I mean, to to make a distinction, uh, this is one of the reasons that the Jewish people had trouble um, accepting um, giving a, the right place or a, an honor, a place of honor to Jesus was that his followers turned him into a god, and um, and that's uh, uh, that is a possibility when you have a, um, an inspired leader that people are going to end up. Um, uh, giving too much kabod, too much respect, too much, you know, uh, turning them into something that they're not. So um, that's another possible, possible explanation. And um, I'm sure that you can argue, yeah, but they didn't, he didn't have to do it that way. God didn't have to do it that way. Um, okay, now, and again, when we say God, I wanna caution us that what we really, what we really mean is the way God is being represented by whoever put this, <laughs> these portions together uh, here 
uh, God is being represented as angry and so forth. And I wish that some of these other interpretations um, were there also. But that's what one of the things about um, this tradition I love is that it is wide open for interpretations of all sorts. And so, um, you know, and any, any, a lot of possible ways that one can go with, with the text, the text is open, wide open for um, the very questions that, um, that you've just raised. So I hope that. May uh, I make a comment? Milton um, Touchman. Hi, I, just wanted, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm troubled by the lines that follow the ones that we've been talking about. I appreciate, Rabbi, the way you interpreted Rav Lacha and universalized it in a very beautiful way. Uh, you know, uh, a life that's filled with, that when one comes to the end of a life with disappointment, it is very helpful mm -hmm. to recognize what one's achievement has been. But the lines that follow, it seems to me, uh, place God in a not very attractive way. He tells Moses to uh, go up to the summit and gaze about, but he doesn't stop there. Mm -hmm. uh, be sure you look very thoroughly. You know, west, uh, how does he put it, and north, uh, and south, and so forth. Look at it well, for you shall not go across yonder Jordan. It seems to me God is rubbing it in. Mm. As if to say, well, this, this is your last chance. Uh, so be thorough, but you're not going in. I also think that that sends us back to Rav Lecha, which the translator of, who provides us with the English here, yeah. is, uh, puts an exclamation point after enough, as if to say, as if to say that the meaning is, uh, you've said enough, don't bother me any longer. Uh -huh. Never, and then that's reinforced. Never speak to me of this matter again. Uh -huh. I can just imagine uh, when my kids were young and they had a request and I said to them, never speak to me of this matter again, because I wasn't complying with their request. How harsh that seems to me. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And um, uh, so whoever wrote these lines, um, you know, of course the Jewish tradition is, uh, I mean, not the Jewish tradition, but a Jewish tradition is that the whole Torah was written by Moses, including this passage and including, including everything, including his, the account of his death, Moses wrote it all, okay? But, um, but let's get, that's the Orthodox view, it's not my view. Um, but you're, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. There, um, this doesn't, this doesn't uh, paint God in a very nice picture, right? And I'm reminded, I'm reminded, Rabbi, of God speaking to Abraham. Take your son, and yeah. then the rubbing it in, your only son, etc., etc. Right, yes. Um, I don't think, I, I think I, I, I definitely um, want to validate your reading and just tell you, that the, that the rabbis uh, read it in a different way. They said, um, look, 
Moses, everything that you want to see, you can see now. You don't have to physically be there. You can look and see all that, all that your people are going into. And it's beautiful and it's fantastic. And you look in all, look in all the different directions and take it in because this is what you've brought them to. And so in a way that's more comfort than it is um, rubbing your nose into it. It's saying, Get a, you know, I wanna show you all of this, uh, all of this reality. Because you've been so much, all of you have been in the desert, all you're seeing are uh, the sand and the, the sand dunes. And, but here you're gonna see this land flourishing and um, understand that what you did was a good thing, Moses, that you brought them to this beautiful place. So I, 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 I wanna validate your reading. I just want you to know that there are other readings of the same text. Thank you. Rabbi. Yes. This is Miriam. Oh, Miriam? Hi. Yes. Okay. Hi, Miriam. So, um, where can you find where the rabbis interpreted it in that nicer way? Oh, um, well, uh, where can you find it? You, you, You can... I, I think you can even find it in the in the um, the Orthodox translation, the Stone edition of um, of the Bible. But all these these arguments and and I can't tell you where else except to say I think you'll find it in um, uh, all. When I say the rabbis say, I'm quoting either from the the. The, the Torah, that's a, the, the, the center of the Talmud, or the subsequent rabbis who interpreted it, including Rashi and, um, or, uh, and uh, actually before Rashi, there's the um, uh, books of Midrash, of mm-hmm. uh, commentaries. So I don't remember exactly where in, mm-hmm. in, you can, but that's where you would find these other interpretations. But there, there are zillions of interpretations out there, and um, you know, um, uh, you can study them day and night. And I, but yes, there are there are these other interpretations, and um, uh, but I wish I, I don't have the 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 qu- quote the specific. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, but no, that's okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, because a lot of what I come up with are things that have been planted in my head. I don't remember exactly where I got them from. Maybe uh-huh. they came from God herself. herself. <laughs> but, but, but probably not, you know. Probably there, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm building on, I have a lot of original ideas, but I'm building, you know, one per, less than 1% of my ideas come from my head and 99% come from all that I've studied and learned and uh, whatever. So I don't like to take credit for any of it and say, you know, it's, uh, it, it's part of an ongoing tradition in which there's so many alternative voices. And, um, if Michael, I, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah uh, regarding that line 27, 26, Vayomer Yudhe Eli, uh, Rav Lach, and uh, here in the in the uh, stone stone chumash, the Orthodox chumash, 
the quick uh, it, 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 it says your interpretation and then um, the gentleman who just preceded you it is too much for you it translated instead of saying enough they translated it as it is too much for you which is actually a more precise translation Ravlach it is too much for you by saying this um, let pe lest people say that the master is unduly harsh and the student is unduly persistent alternatively it could be rendered there is so much for you that is God assured Moses that an enormously abundant reward greater even than the land awaited him in the world to come and that's Rashi, that's that's Rashi's interpretation. So it starts with Rashi, and it just proliferates through all of the interpretations of the various commentators through the through the years. Right. Um, yeah, uh, I got it. Um, you, have be, you have to be in that part of the tradition that um, that takes uh, the world to come. As a um, yeah, a like, as a, given. a like compensation, um, but that that move towards um, compensating us in another world for what's going on here, not one I'm going to take. It's not a not a path I want to take. I want to I want to I want to take Shemayim Shemayim Lashem Baharus Natan Livnadam. We're we're where we are here in this world on this on this land and um and there are disappointments and it's okay i i, I interpret it as god god saying moses be cool this this is small potatoes and we got big things you know we're going to say big things well, <laughs> and, and if in that way we can continue to read because what moses is about to do is now to um uh to be able to recount the ten speech acts and um, um, the, uh, it's in chapter five. Okay, so should we, we go? The, should we go to the Aserat Hadibrod? Yes, let's go to Aserat Hadibrod, and we you're going to chant them for us. Um, uh, sure. Um. So can you turn it to chapter five? Yes, I'm getting there. Are you seeing the scrolling happening? Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Sorry, don't look at the screen when that happens. It's uh, it'll guarantee you not to. Okay. okay. So, uh, um, Ami, do you want to read the English first, and then uh, I mean, up to there? Well, maybe maybe someone else can read the English, and I'll I'll chant the Hebrew. Is that okay? May May I read that? Absolutely. Sharon. Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the laws and rules that I proclaim to you this day. Study them and observe them faithfully. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our fathers that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, the living, every one of us who is here today. Face to face, the Lord spoke to you on the mountain out of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to convey the Lord's words to you. 
for you were afraid of the fire and did not go up the mountains, saying, okay. meaning the Lord saying. Okay, let's we'll stop here for a second. Just to say that this passage is um, one of those cited for a um, traditional view that says that we were all at Sinai. Or we were all, Horev is another name for the Sinai experience. It's a, but it's, we were all there. Everyone, not just the ones who were living then. But now he's talking about talking to a, a crowd of people. The eldest are 60 years old, so they might have been there, you know, they might, but there, there are a lot of other people who are, let's say, under 40 years old. They weren't even born at that That's time, right. who he's talking to. He's talking to all of those people and he's saying, we were all there. And so the tradition goes on to say, we were all there. And um, sometimes uh, I've had the experience, and I know many, many other people have had the experience of encountering somebody in their life and saying, I feel like I knew you before. And, uh, and the other person saying, yeah, it was at, at Sinai. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> or, or when you don't know the origin of a melody, when you yeah. sing a nigun and they ask you who wrote that and you say ah it's from sinai right. so, um, but there's something beautiful about that because because the tradition also says i mean now we say if you convert to judaism um the reason you're converted was that your soul was at sinai also oh, wow. okay it's, how beautiful that is you don't, you don't have to be born into this people to be part of this people and, and to affirm it, say, your soul was there, along with all the other souls. We were all there at Sinai. And um, so uh, anyway, this is the source of that, of, of that tradition. And now, Sharon, you could go back and read um, this part, which traditionally okay. people stand for, but it's okay if you don't. Go ahead. Okay, and so the Lord is saying, I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods beside me. You shall not make for yourself a sculptured image, any likeness of what is in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters below the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am an impassioned God visiting the guilt of the parents upon the children, upon the third and upon the fourth generations of those who reject me, but showing kindness to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not wear, swear falsely by the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not clear one who swears falsely by his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your ox or your ass, or any of your cattle, or the stranger in your settlements, so that your male and female slave may rest as you do. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God freed you from there 
with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may long endure and that you may fare well in the land that the Lord your God is assigning to you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not crave your neighbor's house or his field or his male or female slave or his ox or his ass or anything that is your neighbor's. The Lord spoke those words, those and no more, to your whole congregation at the mountain with a mighty voice out of the fire and the dense clouds. Okay, stop there. Stop there and let going to read that in Hebrew. Ami's going to read it in Hebrew now. I think is. Ami? Yeah, I'll, be, I'll start from the actual uh, Anochi. Yeah. Okay. Anochi Omeid Bein Adonai Uveineichem Baeid Hahi Lehagid Lachem Et var Adonai Ki Yereitem Ipnei Ha'esh Velo Alitem Bahar Lemor Anochi Adonai Elohecha Asher Hotzeiticha Meyeretz Mitzrayim Mibet Avadim Lo Yelecha Elohim Acherim Alpanai Lo Taselecha Fesel Koltmuna Asher Bashamayim Mimal Vaasher Aretz mitachat, ve'asher b'mayim mitachat la'aretz, lo tishtacha ve'lehem, ve'lo te'avdeim, ki anochi Adonai Elohecha Elkana pokeid, avon avot albanim, ve'al shileishim, Ve'al ribeim l'sonai Ve'yoseh chesed la'alafim Le'ohavai u'lshomrei mitzvotai Lo tisa et shem Adonai Elohecha l'ashav Ki lo yenake Adonai Et asher isa et shemo l'ashav Shamor et yom Hashabbat lekadsho Ka'asher tzivcha Adonai Elohecha Sheishet yamim ta'avod Ve'asita kol melachtecha Ve'yom ha'shvi'i Shabbat L'Adonai Elohecha Lo ta'aseh Chol melacha Ata uvincha uvitecha Veyavdecha vaamatecha Veshorcha vechamorcha Vechol behemtecha 
וגרך אשר בשעריך למען ינוח עבדך ואמתך כמוך. וזכרת כי עבד היית בארץ מצרים ויוציאך אדוני אלוהיך משם ביד חזקה ובזרוע נטויה על כן צבך אדוני אלוהיך לעשות את יום השבת כבד את אביך ואת אמך כאשר צבך אדוני אלוהיך למען יאריכון ימיך ולמען ייטב לך על האדמה אשר אדוני אלוהיך נותן לך לא תרצח ולא תנאף ולא תגנוב, ולא תענב רעך עד שב. ולא תחמוד אשת רעך, ולא תתאבא בית רעך. שדהו ויעבדו, ואמתו שורו וחמורו. וכל אשר לרעך. There's, can I just say one thing uh, very quickly? And many of you know this, but there's, there's a couple of differences from this version of the, of the Aserata Dibrot, the ten utterances, from the one in Exodus chapter 20. And um, one of them has to do with women's, uh, the role of women in the last, um, in the last uh, utterance, you shall not covet the wife of your neighbor. And then the sentence stops. And then it goes on to say, you shall not crave their possessions. But in the version in Exodus, It's all one sentence. In other words, the Eshet Reyecha, the wife, the spouse of your neighbor, is considered property as is the cattle and everything else. And here there's a split made. That's one interesting uh, difference. And the other one here is the rationale for celebrating Shabbat is based more on because we were slaves ourselves and we were led out of Egypt with, uh, under, with God's strength. And in the first version, it's because of the miracle of creation. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's interesting differences, but I defer back. No, it's, it's, uh, yes, um, and I was definitely going to talk about that, so I'll just um, add a little PS on, on to what you just said, which is that um, the, um, why would there be these differences? Why at the end, where the, the people are now, do they need to hear the, the explanation of Shabbos in the way it's, it's done here rather than in the way it's done in Exodus. And my quick answer is because now they're about to enter in, into the land and here they need, to, um, they need to be reminded that God is not only the God of the universe that's created the universe, but that God is a force of transformation, that God is the force of liberation, and that this is sort of... A, Um, that 
this is a Jewish liberation theology that um, uh, that says, um, you know, God is the force that makes possible the transformation from that which is to that which ought to be. Now, to get um, where I get that from, I'd like to also go to for a second to um, the Shema and. Uh, which is at the beginning of the next chapter. So this chap, this reading this week has so many, so many things that one could um, talk about for a long time. Uh, just, uh, I don't know if you can see this, that I'm holding up a book called Shema. It's a whole book about the Shema. Um, and there have been um, uh, endless amounts of uh, conversations uh, through the ages about uh, what we've just read and the Shema. So, um, Yitz, Yitz, are you still there? Yitz, husband Hankins? I'm here. Okay. Would you like to read the Shema, uh, which is on chapter six, sentence, uh, let's see, sentence four? four. Um, it's on the screen. Can you get us there? It's there. Okay, great. So, Yitz, would you like to read that? I'm not hearing you. Maybe there you are. Oh, unmuted. sorry, sorry. Here I'm telling you to listen, and I'm not muted, and I'm sorry. Shma, not mute. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Vi'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha, v'chol avavcha v'chol nafshecha v'chol moadecha, v'hayu alvarim ha'ele, asher anochi mitzavcha, hayom alvavcha, v'shinanta ham levanecha v'dibarta baham, v'shiftecha b'veitecha. Sure. Hear, O Israel, the Eternal is our God, the Eternal alone. You shall love the Eternal One, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Take to heart these instructions with which I charge you this day. Impress them upon your children. Recite them when you stay at home and when you, go, when you are away when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them serve as a symbol on your forehead. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So um, now you might wonder why I want to do it this way, but I'm, um, uh, I'm now, um, Wanting to go back to the, um, the question that I said we would talk about <laughs> today, 
which is the Jewish, uh, Jewish way of dealing with, um, with our suffering. And, um, uh, and what I want to point out is that this reading today um, is always takes place on the Shabbos after uh, Tisha B'Av. And you might say, why in the world would this be the way that, that um, why, why, is, why don't we have a reading that's more about um, how to overcome suffering? And I want to suggest that, um, and this one I, I don't think I've heard from anybody else, so it's uh, out here on a limb. Uh, um, I want to suggest that, it, um, that our answer to the suffering the uh, is to study and to teach. That is to go in and say, okay, yes, there's a lot of, uh, lot of evil in the world, a lot of pain that we as a people have experienced. Um, and um, the way we deal with it is by, um, by focusing on a message that we have to bring to the world that empowers us as individuals and as a community to say, here is what makes us um, what makes our lives worthwhile, that we have this contribution to make, this way of thinking about the world, and, um, uh, and that that provides us with the consolation that the Haftorah, um, which we started our, our service today with uh, a melody from, from Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, uh, be comforted. But you know, wait a second. Telling somebody to be comforted when they're in pain is not necessarily going to comfort them. Okay, it's like what? Okay, I, how am I going to be comforted when all these terrible things are happening? So the 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 rabbis made sure that this would always be um, read right after um, right after the Shabbos after um, uh, uh, Tisha B'Av. Um, when we announced, you know, when we went through all the pain and all the suffering and focused on that. Um, so that's one level of what is, you know, so, so here it says, you should teach it to your children. This is the legacy that we have. This is what we, this is what we have in the world. We have this te these teachings. And these teachings are um, something that is so beautiful and so deep and so so important that thousands of years later, okay, people are fighting to get the, the words of the ten, 10 speech acts. Okay, it's not commandments, by the way, I'll get to that in a second. But these 10 speech acts on their, you know, put it out in their school rooms. And uh, um, there's there, uh, so much of humanity has been, uh, has been influenced by, um, by this, the first reading that we did of, of the Ten Speech Acts. In Hebrew, it's Aseret HaDibrot, not Aseret HaMitzvot. And by the way, uh, to think of it as commandments is to lessen, um, uh, there's another way of thinking about what they are. And that is, um, uh, and this is something that I've taught before here, but that I want to repeat again. The Hebrew of, of, these, of these commandments, uh, of everything that people interpret as commandment, is the same tense, exactly the same tense, as future tense in Hebrew, okay? So, um, so that you can read the, all of these not as 
um, you must do this, but rather as when we create a world which really is based on understanding of the God of the universe, this is what will be. It will be this way. It'll, this is how it will look. This is what it will, what will feel like. If you read those 10 speech acts, not as a command to you, but as an invitation to imagine the world that we want to build, then you, um, okay, and, and that the Hebrew is in future tense, it's, it's understood by many as a commandment, but all the commandments are actually, uh, can be read also as future tense of what will be. Now, what will be when what, okay? Well, that's where the Shema comes in, why the Shema is here, okay? It says, Shema Yisrael, yud hey vav hey uh, Eloheinu, yud hey vav hey Echad. And what is yud hey vav hey? Well, um, from my reading of it, and there are lots of different readings about it, um, those four letters, yud hey vav hey, um, do not, um, uh, do not um, when you try and sound them out, they don't sound out as Adonai. That's how we've been saying it, um, or Hashem, the name, whatever. Um, we don't want to go into it because we don't, um, uh, the tradition was that you should never try to pronounce it. You shouldn't say that. Because that itself, there are traditions in, in Judaism that say, that's a shorthand. Actually, God's name is, uh, has um, every letter of the, um, of, of uh, the Hebrew alphabet twice. And that would be hard to pronounce, okay? So, uh, in other words, um, what, what's being said here is, is that this Yidhei Babhei is somewhat of a mystery. But if I, when I look at those four letters, um, uh, many people today are moving in this direction of saying, it's about being. It's about being. Hoveh, hey Babhei, is, is, uh, is um, the present tense. And yud in front of it, the yud in front of a verb um, often the, uh, signals future tense. So if you read yud he vav um, and see that, that it is that which is being moved and transformed into that which can be and should be. Hmm. Okay. If instead of, if every time you read the Bible or the Tanakh, uh, the the or, or the Torah, and you come across the word God, if you can find the Hebrew, and it says yud he vav then read it this way. The force in the universe that makes possible the transformation from that which is to that which could and should be. Let me say that again. What we, what's translated as God, read it this way. The force in the universe that makes possible the transformation from that which is to that which could and should be, okay? That's the force that gets translated as God. So God here, now look, I know that when, if you read the, the Bible or the, the Tanakh, uh, very often God is portrayed as a big man in heaven, okay? And then we, we had, we've had thousands of years of people um, praying to God, saying, intervene and do this, that, and the other thing. And then disappointed because God doesn't intervene. And, um, and in fact, that's, um, so we go back to the, the, all our suffering that we're, we studied on Tisha B'Av, 
And all that suffering, what's that about? Well, that suffering is um, not something that God is willing. That is, it is suffering that will not be alleviated by our prayers to God. The, the prayers may be very valuable on, a, on, a, on the level of being able to express to the universe what we wish for, what we want. And I don't, mean, I don't mean to claim that I know enough about the way the universe works to say that there's no impact on the universe of our prayers. I don't want to say that. But I do want to say that um, there is no big, big man in heaven sitting there deciding, um, you get rewarded, you get punished, like that. Um, of course, this is an upheaval of much of the way people have read Torah and read our tradition in the past. But I think it's, uh, it is based on a, a legitimate reading of wh- why they chose Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, um, those four letters, um, to indicate that God is the force in the universe that makes possible transformation. And if you get that, then that's our answer in part to the suffering. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is suffering. And, but we believe in a force in the universe that makes possible transformation of the world to a different kind of world in which that suffering will no longer be there. Now, if you can say, that's a scant, um, a compa- uh, you know, that's not really uh, going to give me the nachamu. It's not going to give me the, <laughs> it's not going to give me the comfort. Okay, I acknowledge it's not going to give you the comfort. Um, we're not, we're not going to actually, um, by recognizing that there is a force in the universe that makes possible the transformation, um, where, is that, uh, where is that force being manifested? Well, the answer is, uh, and our, here, here it works right with our tradition, we were created in this, the image of this God. In other, so another way of thinking of it is to say, we are part of the unity of all being. We are part of the 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 force in the universe that makes possible transformation. Are we the whole of it, the human race? That would be a sad story because the human race may be out of business within the next 100 or, 100 or 200 years, um, maybe even sooner, uh, given the way we're treating the planet Earth. We, there may not be a human uh, race. And I used to think, well, if, that was, um, if that's true, then I'll know that when that happens, I can say there's no God, okay? Um, if, if, but now I realize, wait a second, um, uh, the scientists uh, now tell us that there's a, a, a very strong chance that among the, now they claim, 100 billion galaxies in the universe, of the 100 billion galaxies in the universe, they say there's a strong chance that there are several hundred of those galaxies that have a, a, a sun or something comparable uh, that gives, makes possible the evolution of life and consciousness and other, um, and other planets. So that may be that um, we are, um, uh, now think of it this way, that we are at, to God as a um, uh, part of our body, let's say a liver cell, is to our, uh, our, our totality of our consciousness. The liver cell um, gets messages and works with... Um, uh, with other parts of the livers and then with the whole body. And there, uh, there are people who have shown 
that when you do a certain kind of meditation, and, uh, uh, you can actually affect parts of your body, directing your, um, directing your consciousness towards that, that, that part, that you can actually have an effect on it. Um, that's, that's who we are in relationship to the God. We are, um, let's say, the Earth and all life on this planet evolving for the last five billion years is, um, is uh, like one of the limbs of God, okay? But the totality of God is all that is, was, and ever will be. That's, that's who God is. All that is, was, and ever will be. But not, don't think of that now in terms of material reality because there is no such thing as material reality. Material reality is a concept that we came up with in order to have power over parts of the world and thank God, science. I'm totally for it. Yay, science. Go for it, science. But there's another thing that, um, that I'm very much against, which is scientism. Scientism is the view that every, um, science is the, is the practice that says study um, the, uh, the workings of the material realities of the universe and use empirical methods and measurements. But scientism, and they, they come up with great stuff, Ray science, but scientism is the view that everything that is um, and everything that can be known is that which can be verified through empirical observation and, um, and, uh, or, and or measured. But it turns out that much of human life, um, the things that we value, for example, ethics, aesthetics, um, love, kindness, generosity, um, and consciousness itself. Now, consciousness itself, this, these cannot be measured. Uh, but it's not the internal experience that we have of that consciousness. As some people say, yeah, but where the scientists are working on the, uh, in it and they're finding um, there's strong correlations between what's happening in your brain and what you're thinking. Um, yeah, so I'm not denying that there is a, um, that uh, having a body is a necessary correlate for having a, con having a consciousness, but consciousness cannot be reduced to some material state inside your brain. Your, your brain is a necessary but not sufficient condition for having consciousness. So, um, okay, so. Um, without going too far into that particular part, I'll just say that this is what it is to say, Shema Yisrael, listen to this, Israel. yud heh vav -Hey is our God, the transformative power of the universe, the force that makes possible a transformation from that which is to that which ought to be. And Adonai, yud heh vav -Hey, is echad, is one, okay? That is, it's the totality. It is the totality, and every specific is part of that totality. Every specific being, every specific non, uh, uh, planet, every specific uh, um, galaxy, they're all part of that one. So instead of saying, as some people trying to, who were trying to um, make uh, religion sweet said, well, God is within us, okay? They said, yeah, sure, God's within us, but we are within God. We are within God. That God is the ultimate reality. That God is the ultimate truth of the world. 
And this is why, this is what's so revolutionary about, about this tradition. Because this tradition is saying, what is, is not all that can be. That in fact, this is the message from our, the core of Shema, that the, that the oneness of all is something which is in the process of evolution and transformation, and that we are made in its image, and we are the part of transforming it. And it's a part. You know, in other words, so if we fail, if the human race fails here, it'll happen someplace else. Okay, now, there, there are other planets, there are other possible, possible forms of life and consciousness in different ways, and that we haven't discovered them yet, that's our, our, it's too bad. Um, uh, if, if we could save the planet from uh, environmental destruction, maybe we can, maybe we can't. I, 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 I hope we can. I know it's our possibility that we can, but whether it's the actuality of what we'll do, that's a choice that is yet to be made by the human race. We have to, um, our task right now is to encourage people to make that choice and with all that it would entail to build a world of love, kindness, and generosity. And you want some details, read my book, Revolutionary Love, where I try to lay out a strategy for how to get there. But in any event, the, the, um, uh, that, that what, the, what the Torah is teaching us is that we are, are um, that, that we created in God's image are, um, are able to affirm the unity of all being with the Shema and to say, um, that this, this, uh, that the reality of the the um, the force, the spiritual force of the universe, is that it is um, a voice, a, a force for transformation. And then that's why this week we get a um, a, a version of um, of the uh, of the ten speech acts, which is justifies itself not only in terms of, well, God created the totality, but in terms of, guess what? That God is also the force that makes transformation possible. So that's why Shabbos, you're doing Shabbos, not just because God created the world, but because God brought us out of Egypt, brought us out of our oppression, moved us from, uh, from a state of consciousness in which we thought, this is all that can be. We're, we're oppressed, we'll always be oppressed. And no, the message of the Jewish people has been the oppression can be transformed and that we can be elements in that transformation. No wonder then that all through our history, every ruling elite has hated us. And, <laughs> and, and because every ruling elite has been teaching the opposite, that the way things are is the only way things can be. And that you have to be realistic you have to be realistic and accommodate yourself to that which is. And, um, and this message is so deep inside of almost everybody who's grown up in a class society, in a patriarchal society, that we all have a part of ourselves that says, eh, I don't know if I can believe it or not, okay? So to believe in God is to believe in the possibility of possibility. To believe in God is to believe in the possibility of possibility. Okay, not the inevitability of it. It's not inevitable that this world is going to survive. It's not inevitable that the kindness and generosity that we've poured out into the world is going to have the consequence that, that um, 
God is saying, in, or God is being heard as saying in, uh, in the Sarita de Brod, in these, uh, these uh, 10 speech acts, in which one of them says, because God will visit the sins of the fathers and on, the, on the children for the third and fourth generation. Okay, that's pretty downer, right? But we don't know if we know anything about, if we know anything about psychology, certainly it's like the, the psychology that's developed over the course of the past, um, past uh, let's say, 100 years, that, that it is totally true that when the distortions in our life get passed on to our children and our grandchildren, and maybe even our grand, great-grandchildren, you know, they, there's the, um, so much of what we feel and think, et cetera, has been passed on to us from our parents, grandparents, et cetera. So yeah, for three or four generations, but then the Torah goes on to say, but the love, the kindness, the generosity, that's going to be passed on to a hundred generations. Um, wait, is it a hundred or a thousand? Whatever. A thousand, thousand. A thousand generations. And that's the optimistic part of, of, um, of the Jewish message also that's going to be passed on to a thousand generations. Okay, that's right here in what we read in the, in the 10 speech acts, that, that, the, that God's compassion is going to be passed on from generation to generation for a thousand generations. Now you might say, well, hey, then why didn't it show up already? <laughs> and I say, it has. It has. The very fact of the fact that, that most people are today are not slaves. Not that slavery has been eliminated, but most people today are not slaves. And they were um, when, this, uh, when this Torah was written. Most people in the ancient world were slaves. The vast majority of people were slaves. Okay, huge liberation has taken place there. Um, the most significant liberation that's take, taken place since then, um, since uh, slavery was transcended, has been the, the uh, women's liberation. It's certainly the greatest miracle that we've lived through, uh, you know, but it's the greatest, really the greatest miracle of the past few, uh, past 2000 years in my, my vision. Um, it's amazing reality that, that now, uh, have we beat all forms of patriarchy? No. Have I beat all forms of patriarchy inside of me? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm as much affected by it as everyone else. I'm, uh, you know, and, um, and similarly, racism, sexism, homophobia, xenophobia, all, all of it, all of us have some of that in us, but um, that we've seen transformations, real transformations happen, okay? The situation of women today is not what it was even 70 years ago. It's really different. It's not enough. It's not where we can stop, but it's something, it's, it's an American, amazing miracle that we've lived through or that we've uh, benefited from to some, ex uh, some extent. And similarly, um, the situation uh, around racism, we all know how much it's not enough and how much it's got to be struggled against. And yet there's, some, there's been some movement and some consciousness and some change that's happening right as we, uh, we live right now. And Many of you and us have been part of making that happen. And, um, and then we look back at our lives and say, ah, oh, we didn't do anything. Well, look, it's not that you as individuals um, could by yourself be the God of the universe and change it, okay? It's rather that 
we're, we can be part of social change movements to, um, to do something to make the world different. I don't want to, um, again, I don't want to minimize the, the suffering and the suffering of our people, but I want to say, put it in this context, okay? Now, um, so now uh, the other thing that I said I would talk about today, and anybody tell me what time it is so I know? 3.20. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 12.20. 12.20. All right. I'm supposed to end pretty soon, and we go, have to do a few little prayers to end. But look, the other element of... of uh, what? Uh, I mean, do you want to say something? Um, okay. What I'd like to suggest... Ami, I mean, do you know how to put people in, in small groups? Um, ooh. No. I haven't done that before, but it okay. uh, is anybody else uh, if, if participants. Oh, participants. Okay. I think so. All right. And uh, yeah. Hmm. Is there a way to uh, okay. follow dots? More, more. Oh, more. yes. An eight, oh. Uh, we get it. We won't go into small groups today. Okay? I'm sorry. I, unless someone else can, uh, unless someone else can be a co-host and do it. No, it's it's all right. Okay. So we're relating. So maybe we should just say now. Would if anybody wants to uh, raise points, argue with me, whatever, uh, say yes. Please do. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Rabbi and friends. Uh, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might. Uh, a issue that I have not resolved completely is how do I love a force, a mystery, a soul stuff in the universe? I don't know what terms quite to use. I can love individuals. I can love a piece of art. I can love a landscape. Sometimes I can love a group of people, but how do I love the impalpable God? That's a problem. Yes, it's a problem. You're right. And um, what I want to say to you is, um, it's like um, uh, loving uh, the planet also. Um, you're, you're loving a force in reality. It's an aspect of reality that um, that most people don't think about or don't bring to their consciousness. But um, uh, so I'd say maybe it would have been better if it said rejoice in the, in the, in the God of, you know in this force of transformation. Be happy that you're created in the image of it. So um, I don't have a formula for how how to love God except to say. Um, Affirm, affirm this reality. Allow it to sink into your heart that, that you are part of the God energy of the universe. Even though a small little part, like a little, little liver cell in, in your body, a small little part, but nevertheless a part, a, a part of the force that makes possible transformation. That that force is, um, uh, is something that we can rejoice in having been created in that image of that, uh, that force. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's, uh, I know it takes a, a leap of consciousness, 
but just like I can love, let's say, the music of um, Beethoven. Um, I can love it. Um, I'm not, it's not the love, the same kind of love as the love that I have for my darling wife. But it's, uh, it, it can be, uh, love is, is an okay word to use about it. So, so um, you have a good question. I have a poor Thank answer. But, Thank you. I'd uh, like to go back to transformation, yeah. which was your theme. I think it fits so well with this parasha following your, your thread because in a way on a micro level, this is what happens for Moses. He goes through this tremendous disappointment and you helped us see that from that, he is directed by God and he embraces it. He gives the commandments again, the, the speech acts to the people. He is moving into what has been accomplished, and he is moving into uh, the, the promised land, in a sense, with the people by not withdrawing. He's not using sour grapes. He's embracing this. He's moving forward. And to Ami's point about the differences between the uh, speech acts in Exodus and the speech acts now, they too reflect transformations, even on a small scale. I'd venture to, to respond to the change in uh, the position of women in Ami's uh, reaction, in that we have gone through big changes after the daughters of Zalefavad, and after encountering other cultures that uh, had Sumerian priestesses and other positions of women other than just uh, possessions and objects. Yeah. And so I think as a people, we have learned. And this is very hopeful. I, I want to say that this, this gathering has moved me beyond a distaste for Tishba'av. I really was stuck in suffering. Great, thank you. I just want to say something here. Reactions. Uh, Upsets, uh, arguments, etc. Uh, everything's okay. Be sure to unmute yourself if you'd like to speak. Yeah. Lynn, unmute yourself. Is Lynn wanting to speak? Um, we don't hear anything. Sorry. There, I did it. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I've been thinking a great deal about the understanding. It's a, it's a phrase, but it is, the devil is in the details, but the process is that, that, that movement, which is what we're talking about, but how do you love a process? And this is part of the tradition, which is so enormously important to be able to pass on to those who come after, that this sense of getting caught in what are the details sometimes gets us in the mud <laughs> is what I could certainly say. And I think it's so interesting that we're living in this kind of a, uh, something that just goes around and around and we aren't able to see further unless something helps catch us. And I, I've been looking at what's happening with um, science and being able to 
um, build something that can deal with a restructuring through, what is it called, structural biology, in order to be able to change something which is, it's got to be by deception that there is some change that takes place. That's something interesting to me. Why do we talk so much about the choice of those who are tricksters in those heroes that we look at who have to wrestle a great deal? It is something which is a part of that force that has an ability to, I can't use the word trick us, but it does kind of interrupt us so that the process that we think it's going to happen is in some way moved in another direction. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Anyone else want to say something here? Yes, I do. I hope, uh, I hope it's not for yeah. another time. Uh, uh, while we were talking about Moses, and whenever I, I think about Moses, I think about his wife, Zipporah. I'm interested in knowing whether the tradition assigns a significant role to Moses' wife. I'm, and I'm, what, do we, what do we know about that relationship? We have, we have only a few minutes left. I want to make sure that people who haven't had a chance yet. Get oh, it. sure, sure. If there's nobody else who hasn't had it, who wants Dale. Dale wants to speak. Dale, go ahead. This is... This is the critically important part of the era that we're in, and that is leadership. And what, what, what this mantle of leadership entails in this, this awakening uh, of ourselves and who we are is taking us out of the position of leadership as fatally flawed mortals and seeking the highest light and we have a we can we have elders and councils of communities that are rotating constantly, but it's the search the search of the highest light, and so we're we're transfer our transformation is taking place from leadership of mortals' will and self will to the highest light of our Creator's inspiration on man. So now civilization will move as quickly as thought because leadership is not a possession or an entitlement. It's, it's an inspiration that comes from our creator uh, that, 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 and that light will continually expand freely. And that's, that's where we're going to get our freedom. Um, anyone else want to say something right now? If, if not, I'd like to say we're going to end the Torah study first by saying the blessing on page 69 if you have that if you have that um, book uh, the prayer book um, page 69 in the second half of it goes like this Amen. 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 Amen.
blessed our ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sarebeka, Rachel, and Leah send a blessing of healing to all those in our community who are in need of healing. And you can put the names of anybody that you are praying for in the chat um, or call, call them out. Um, and, um, but um, this is a moment to put forward your desire, your, your call for whatever healing forces there are in the universe to heal those, those who are in need of healing. healing of body and soul and let them return to us fully healed and let us say amen. Now on to um, page, um, what's page for the closing of the Torah service is, um, uh, Michael? Yes. Could I just say one thing before we leave? Uh, the Torah study is a word, just one line on, uh, from the Haftorah. Oh, yeah. the, the portion of the prophets that we read afterwards and the, the, that we sang Nachamu, Nachamu, be, be comforted my people. But right after that there's a line that says a voice calls in the wilderness open the way to the Holy One. Straight through the heart of the desert is a path to our God. And a variety of melodies have been put to this beautiful phrase. But for me um, in terms of comfort it, it, this this is what can we do but open the way to the Holy One? Our hearts are broken, and all we can hope for is that our hearts will follow the path uh, in this desert of sorrow uh, to eventually reach seven weeks from now, the high holidays, where teshuva happens and healing happens throughout this journey of the next seven weeks. So may we all have opened the way for us to the Holy One. May our hearts be open and may our direction be guided uh, to healing and to, um, and to eventually to teshuva. Straight through the heart of the desert is a path to our God. It's a beautiful Haftorah. If you haven't read it, you really should. It's Isaiah chapter 40. Thank you for saying that. Michael, can you speak up? No, I, we, you're hard to hear. Okay, thank you for sharing that, uh, Ami. And uh, I'm hoping that any of you who are still here, who um, will send you information about when we're doing our next Torah study, but I'm hoping that also that you will spread, spread the word to your friends and neighbors to um, do ho uh, high holidays with us. It'll be like this, the, unfortunately, the, one of the high points of our high holidays in the past has been the community and hugging each other and being together and dancing outside together. But with all, um, there are limitations, not, not because of us, but because of the pandemic. And so, um, so still, I hope that you will eventually sign up for High Holidays. We'll probably have some way of doing that up in, uh, by the end of this week or the end of next week. Um, uh, Plan to spend high holidays with us. I promise you it'll be um, a moving experience in some way. It'll, uh, um, 
or at least I'd say it gives you the opportunity to have it. That, so on the uh, page 73, uh, if you if you have that um, available to you, I um, can screen share it if you would like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can Let you me try. It? Okay. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, here we go. Okay. Uh, hold on. Where to go? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, so much for that. <laughs> Okay. So I'll just read it. Okay. Remember who we really are. We are the pl platform on which the evolution of consciousness of the universe is about to take its next step toward fuller awareness. We are the universe's best hope for bringing an awareness of unity and interconnection and uh, interdependence. I think I should modify that in light of what I just talked about because now we know that the, the hope may also include other planets and other other consciousness forces and other planets. One of the we are one of the universe's best hope. We are the vehicle through which the this world will be healed and repaired. And that means everybody here, all of us, can participate in that healing and repair. For a brief moment, we have come to consciousness. We get to experience the mystery and wonder of all being, and then we will pass on. While we are here, while we still have life and consciousness, we can praise God and sing the song of all creatures. I have given you a good uh, teaching, good vision for building your lives, so don't abandon my Torah. It is, a uh, it is a tree of life to those who hold fast to it, and all who support it, supporters are happy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Turn us unto you, God, and we shall return. In your days as of old. So at the um, 
at the end of page 75, you'll find uh, the last uh, little lines of the, um, uh, the Alenu prayer. Please speak up, Michael. We're having trouble hearing you. Yes, at the page 75, at the last lines on page 75. <speaking in Hebrew> On page 76, I want to say Kaddish for all those people who have passed um, in the, uh, uh, as a result of the pandemic, as well as uh, we'll invite you to say Kaddish for anybody in your family or in anybody that you know who, um, who has died in this past year. Please unmute yourselves so we can hear your names, the names. If you want to call out any names of people that you're saying it for. So just for all those who have died in this past, uh, who have died as a result of this pandemic or any other, um, for any other reason, or for that matter, let's also include all those who have been um, murdered by police or uh, or by uh, repressive governments both in the United States and all around the world gadal vi gadash me raba ve ama divra khirute vi amlikh makhute ve khayekhon vi mekhon ve khaydekho be israel ve agala vizman kariv imru amen yehesh me raba mevorach leolam Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, through Vene Israel et ha-shabbat Lasot et ha-shabbat Ledorotam berit olam Beini uven bene Israel Oti le-olam, oti le-olam Oti le-olam Veshamru vene Israel Et ha-shabbat Lasot et ha-shabat Ledorotam berit olam Ki sheshet yamim asa Adonai Asa Adonai et ha-shamayim Viet ha-aretz Veshamru v'nei Yisrael Et ha-shabat Lasot et ha-shabat 
ודורותם בריתם. וביום השביעי שבת ויינפש, שבת ויינפש, שבת ויינפש, ושמרו בני ישראל את השבת, לעשות את השבת לדורותם בריתם. Remember the seventh day to keep it holy. Six days you should do all your work and labor. On the seventh day of the Shabbos to God, on it you should do no work, neither you nor anybody visiting within your gates, any members of your family, any of your animals. For on six days God made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is within it. On the seventh day she rested. Therefore God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Shabbat shalom, good Shabbat Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for all of you for who have stayed here and have a wonderful, restful, spiritual and soul renewing rest of Shabbat and a healthy week and uh, um, healthy times ahead. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. You can unmute yourselves now and let's all say Shabbat Shalom. You know how to do it? Unmute yourselves. Hey. Okay, virtual Shabbat Shalom to everyone. A good week to everyone. Mishlo, 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 Mishl
so Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much for being with us uh, today. Another 